Welcome back to my solo road. My name is Sydney. What was the old intro? My name is Sydney. I live in a van and this is my podcast. I kind of like that. We should bring that back. Okay, how are we? You guys doing well? I'm doing fantastic. I'm not going to lie. You know when I'm not doing well because I'm pretty vocal about it, but this week we are feeling pretty on top of the world and I'm super excited for you guys to listen to this episode. I just got done recording it and today's episode is with Court and Nate. That's their handle on Instagram, but the interview is really just with Courtney. She is half of Court and Nate and they do TikTok and Instagram. I've been friends with Courtney for a very long time. We hung out last time I was in Huntington Beach and she's really just one of those people who I, based off of like online stuff, I just feel like we would be great friends, you know? She likes all the things that I like. She's pretty chill, seems laid back, and I always admire her and just kind of like, well, I just feel like we would be If we didn't both live on the road and be constantly moving, I feel like we would be great friends, but we are great online friends. And that is all, that's all I can ask for. Okay, so what else? What else should I check in? Should we do a mental health check-in? I'll do that when I talk about better help in a second. Do a life check-in. You guys, I have some things going down in my personal life. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this. And if there's a couple people listening, uh, they're going to text me as soon as they hear this. And they're like, Sydney, stop. You just can't say things like that. But there are some things happening in my personal life that I'm really, really looking forward to telling you. I'm just trying to give myself a little space first to not have the world know about it. So I'm just kind of like taking in the precious moments that are right now. And then very soon, I will be able to share some things with you guys that will make it even more special, but it will be different. You know what I mean? So I'm just trying to enjoy this stage of like privacy and no one knowing And yeah, but I'm also such, I'm like one of those people that I just, you know, as soon as I know something or find something out, like I just want to tell you so badly. I have no secrets in my life. I just literally want to, because you guys are all all my friends. So I just want to tell you things so badly, but I'm doing well at keeping this one to myself. Anyway, I'm drinking a little bit of wine right now. Still pretty stuck on the Robert Mandavi bourbon barrel aged Cabernet. I did do like a sponsored post for them a while ago, but this is not at all sponsored. I just actually really love the wine. Pretty happy about that sponsorship because it did introduce me to my new favorite. One thing I did just think of actually is that I have three new coffee roasts with uh, the Divine on the Roast coffee collection. So now I have a light, medium, dark espresso and a decaf roast. So I've five full roasts, full little little collection going, and then mason jars, mugs, reusable straws, and stickers always. Um, And I do have some travel mugs coming, but they've proven to be kind of difficult to get the good ones that I want. So I'm just not rushing that process, but they'll be on their way soon. Anyway, if you want to try our coffee, that would be wonderful. It's shopdivineontheroad.com. And yeah, I mean, everybody seems to be really loving it so far, which just makes my heart so happy because I worked so hard on it, as did Dollop, who's my partner for the coffee as well. And that's definitely everything now. Okay, whoa. So Ella started crying at the door and I just had to let her out in the middle of recording this. Um, But she got into the dry food bag. So I give my dogs half dry food, half um, like it's cooked. It's not raw. It's like cooked. um, Like it's called fresh pet. I don't know. Cooked food, wet food, if you will. And uh, she got into the dry food bag last night. So she had like way more dry food than she typically has. I did catch her shortly after. So it's not like she ate enough to where I needed to go to the vet or anything. Although she would. So anyways, she just got rather, rather ill outside. Uh, She will be fine, but probably just going to feed her a little wet food today and see what happens. Hopefully she's feeling better soon. I knew that was going to happen at some point today. Also, I do have the dogs up front in the car right now and uh, it's hot. And so I have the car on and running with the AC on. So if you can hear that, I'm sorry, it will not be that way throughout the episode just right now. Okay, let's do the mental health check-in, shall we? And talk about better help. We're doing fantastically right now. Even when I'm not doing well, just having someone to talk to has been the most important thing for me. They make it very easy. Um, I literally just can video chat once a week on my phone, or sometimes we just do a phone call instead of like video. But then like we text back and forth through the app throughout the week. It's much more affordable than like standard therapy. And if you're on the road or planning to hit 
hit the road, it's so much easier, obviously, because you're doing it on your phone as long as you have service versus like needing to go in somewhere. And I don't even know how you would do that or how you would manage it on the road. So um, if you would like to join 1 million people prioritizing their mental health today, including your girl, that would be betterhelp.com slash divine and use code divine. That's betterhelp with a P dot com slash divine. Use code divine. And that gets you 10% off your first month, by the way. But let's get to the episode and welcome Courtney from Court and Nate to the show. Hi, Courtney. Hi. So how are you? How are you feeling? I'm really good. Busy, taking it easy, hanging out, driveway life, basically. Where are you right now? So we're up in Northern California at my dad's house. He has a big old driveway, so we're kind of taking advantage of it. And yeah, it's we've been here for like a month now, so. Yeah, how's the weather in Northern California? It's super sunny here right now. It's nice. It's it's been it rained a couple of days ago, but it hasn't been too cold or anything too crazy, so it's manageable. Yeah. Where are you in relation to Big Sur? I just saw the, I mean, don't be too specific, obviously, but I just saw like all of the photos of the crazy mudslide. Did you see that? I didn't. Oh my God. There's a stretch of Highway 1 where like the actual road literally just like concaved, I guess. Oh, no. like, it just, I don't know. You should look it up after this. Well, that happened awesome. That happened a couple years ago and it was really bad. And they, you had to take this huge detour to get out there. We love Big Sur. I'm surprised I hadn't heard of that yet, but we're, we're like four or five hours away from there. Okay. Uh, we planned on taking that road when we go back to Southern California. So I'll definitely have to look into that. Yeah. What are your uh, travel plans? Do you have anything coming up? Um, well, basically, I mean, I'm sure we'll probably get into it, but we're finishing this van that we're building. We originally yeah. started it in Portland and it was just too rainy. The weather was not ideal and we were kind of outside trying to build. So we came up here, but we're just finishing up. So we have to drive back up to Portland, drop the van off, and then we're going to come back down and head to Southern California. Finally. <laughs> it's nice. been a long time. I love time. that. I should still be here. Maybe we'll finally get to see each other again. Yeah. Yeah, we keep missing each other. Okay, so you recently, we are going to talk all about the van builds and all of that stuff, but you recently got engaged and I want to talk about that. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, okay, how did that go? Just tell me the story. Well, I feel like it's been so long now. This was in June, but... No way. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, why does it seem like it was so recent? I know, it's, I don't know, because time is, I don't even know what time is anymore. But yeah, it was in June, was for our five-year anniversary, and... I mean, I knew that it was probably coming up and I didn't have, I didn't know that he was going to do it, but I always knew that when the time came, he would give away all kinds of signs and I would know that it was going to happen. And I did, (laughs) but yeah, it was really sweet. We were on a road trip. We were on the like really Northern California coast. That's Uh like a really beautiful stretch of the highway. If you ever get a chance to go up there and yeah, yeah, he did that. And we went on (laughs) like a whole engagement trip after that, which turned into us becoming self-employed, I guess. That was kind of like the start of it. We went on that trip and it was supposed mm-hmm. to be like a week and then it ended up being like two months. So yeah. yeah. That's exciting. How long time. had you lived in the van together before that, I guess, or just period? How it was, was it? well, it's been two years now. So like a year and a half. Okay. Yes, what been, was the yeah. transition like from apartment life with your partner to van life with your partner? I mean. It was, I mean, there were definitely challenging moments and, but we always knew that we'd be fine because we've been living together for our whole relationship basically. And in super close quarters, like when we first moved in together, we shared this really tiny bedroom um, in a house with two other girls. So we were used to having, being pretty confined and we worked together. So we knew that we'd be kind of well-equipped to spend so much time together in a small space. But it's yeah. interesting because you're so like, I mean, from just at least the, I've met you once and then like, obviously through social media, you guys seem so like easygoing people that you like yeah. uh, friends who like, especially during quarantine, I mean, their relationships were like tested hard. And I mean, thankfully they've come out strong, but like, it was really a trying time. Whereas it at least appears as though you guys are, are just like very chill, kind of relaxed people. And yeah, I think that we've definitely had our, our moments as well. It, mm-hmm. it, it has been hard. And I think that we're used to just kind of 
going with the flow and not really paying attention. And I think we've been spending so much time together that we, the lines have sort of blurred between when are we working? When are we hanging out and spending time together? And I think we recently realized that we need to establish those boundaries a little bit better, like setting aside time to be with each other, like quality time, because Uh although we're always together, it doesn't always feel like we're getting quality time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Nate's definitely the more chill one, the low key, Uh (laughs) easygoing. I'm, I'm definitely a little more probably like confrontational than I appear on Uh social media, just because when we're like having an argument or having a hard time, my first instinct is not to go talk about it. It's more to like kind of figure it out. But yeah, I think that just our relationship dynamics lend themselves well to living in a van, I guess. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Especially if you guys, I think early on, I think a lot of people either go from living separately and they're like, oh, van life will be this way for us to move in together Mm -hmm. almost. Or they just don't go from, they'll go from like a normal house or an apartment or whatever. But I think like you said, going from an apartment where you had roommates and you're basically sharing a room together to a van is just slightly less of a transition to being in close quarters than some people. Yeah, totally. And I think with being in a relationship, if you want to try van life, I think I could be wrong, but I think it's important to make sure that your relationship is in a fairly healthy place and you have good communication and good boundary setting with each other. And you're really open because I've seen not, not a lot of people, but I've seen people go into it, seeing van life as a way to fix their relationship or come closer together. And I think that that, that could potentially backfire and it's better to be in a good, healthy place and kind of sort those things out before you get into such a crazy situation, living so close together. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Okay. So about your van, what kind of van do you have? So we have a 2017 ProMaster. It's the 2,500, so like the medium uh-huh. size. Oh, yeah. You have like a, it's not the full extended, but it's a, what's the wheelbase on it? It's a, oh my gosh, 140. Wait, why don't I know this? I know there's a 136, but you don't have that one. No, we have the longer one. Okay. But there's one that's like a 150 something that I that's don't. What, okay. Yeah. It's that one. Yeah. Okay. I can't <laughs> believe I don't know. That. I, mean, I, I don't know. You're okay. fine. Uh, yeah. No. Okay. Why did you choose the ProMaster over the other options? So. I mean, at the time we were kind of like going back and forth, but the, I mean, the ProMaster is one of the cheaper ones, but I think our thing is just being able to sleep horizontally side to side is giving us like a lot more space. And because we want to keep our benches low, like we want to maybe do the transit on our next build, but we're trying to figure out how we can like just make more use of the space. But with, with the ProMaster, it's easy to have like the dinette conversion. Right and sleep horizontal. So you get all that extra counter space and just like space. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I forgot that it was wider. So my next question w- uh, was, would you choose a ProMaster again? And it sounds like you may go with I mean, t- I would if it wasn't for the mechanical issues. I Yeah, what mechanical issues have you had? Well, we had to replace our engine at like 50, just, just what about 50,000 miles. Okay, so last time we talked, the very last question I wanted to ask you was like, the last time we talked, you told me something crazy happened and I can't remember what it was, but we were like, it was like the end of the conversation and that's totally what it was. Okay, I want to know that story. Yeah, our van broke down. Basically, Nate was on tour with his band. He plays in a band and I was like already super weary about going on a trip by myself because we just got Tonkins, our dog, and he was a puppy. He was four months old, maybe. And he's just an absolute terror. So we were fairly new to to van life at the time. So I was just kind of on edge about the whole thing. And so he was in Mexico and I was driving back um, to Southern California from the holidays. And I think we were in Monterey. So like halfway between my family's house and Southern California, where I was going, I broke down. And basically I didn't know what to do, where to go. I had my dog and Yeah. I took it to the nearest dealership. I like barely made it there before it just completely shut down. And it's really hard when, you know, obviously when your house is your vehicle and 
the guys at the dealership just didn't make it any easier for me. They didn't give me a straight answer right away. They didn't give me a good timeline of how long everything was going to take. So I had to, I had to get a hotel and I had to get a dog friendly hotel. So it was even more difficult. And, you know, I didn't have a car and I was kind of stuck and just waiting for them to tell me. And I was hoping that it was going to take like three days and they'd be able to fix it. And I'd be able to get back on the road, but it turned out when it was all said and done, it took like three weeks and we had to get the van towed like 200 miles back to my dad's house so that we had somewhere to stay. And we were out of work for three weeks and it was definitely not ideal. We didn't have any money put away for an emergency plan so that I would definitely recommend if you're going to do van life to have a nice little chunk just in case something goes wrong because yeah, we had to pretty much max out our credit cards to be able to do everything we needed to do to get it all fixed. So, but luckily the benefit of getting in a somewhat newer van and getting it from a dealership is that you get a warranty sometimes. And we had, we got the like extended warranty, the more expensive one. And I was a little bit upset about it. I was like, I don't want to spend money on this. And it ended up really saving us because we had to get a whole new engine. So yeah, we didn't have to pay for that, which was. Yeah. So why did, what happened with the engine? Why did that happen? I I honestly don't know. They, they said it was kind of a fluke. They don't see that happening that much, but I think one of our cylinder heads malfunctioned and that's kind of common on the ProMaster. But I mean, I've seen people with ProMasters have issues like it's, and I've heard people say, oh, Dodge, like, yeah, they're junk, whatever. But I mean, the shape of it and the size is perfect but I'm just hesitant because I don't want to have to get a new van and then have more issues with it. So yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay. So aside from the mechanical issues or just it being a pro master, your build is like absolutely beautiful. It's always been one of my favorites. Also, I mean, Nate is very talented at building and I'm sure you helped a lot, but I think the reason I love your van so much is because like I, while I'm like decent at designing the van build, right? Like choosing the walls and this and that, like I'm terrible at decor (laughs) and like adding like little spicy things around the van. And I feel like that's your forte. Like you just, you know how to, you decorate very well, but you have the last however long been like building other vans other than your own. So how did that start? Because that was not your intention, right? No, not at all. I mean, so Nate and I, we met doing valet as in parking cars. We've been doing it for 10 years, both of us. And that was like our main source of income. Even after we moved into the van, we were still doing that. So we weren't really traveling all the time, but we were just working and saving up and then doing little trips here and there. And when COVID happened, we both got laid off and obviously everything closed. So we couldn't really do valet. So we quarantined for a, for a while and luckily Nate was able to get unemployment, but then at a certain point it, they, we weren't able to get it anymore. So we were like, okay, what are we going to do? We have really nothing going on. And so I guess we had one or two people reach out. We had a few people reach out kind of casually, but then one girl reached out and she was super serious about it and was like, I want you guys to build a van for us and whatever. And Nate was really upfront with the fact that he, this was only, he'd only done ours and that he had no experience really with that, but he, you know, he did a pretty good job. And so, but she trusted in us and she wanted us to help her. And so we went and we went to their house and we spent two months there and we built out their sprinter. They have the 170 sprinter, the extended, and he, I mean, he killed it. He Dude, he killed it. Yeah. It's honestly, it's a beautiful, I mean, your van is beautiful, but that van, I mean, it is true. I'm sure that like, it was his first van build. You guys were living in your van. I know, like, as you were kind of finishing the build and stuff. So him having just kind of some experience, it being the second time, also like the pressure of the fact that it was for someone else, you know, like, he's, yeah. I mean, it literally blew my mind. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I knew that he would, he was going to do a good job because he's very, He's just very particular and he, he can really zone in on something and figure out how to do it. Right. Whereas I'm kind of just like all over the place and I would just slap it together. But I, I had faith that he was going to do a good job, but yeah, it was a huge project and we were there and we, that's all we did the whole entire time. He was just Uh out there and it was like 112 and it was so hot, but (laughs) 
we did it. And yeah. that kind of just opened the door for other opportunities. And we got one more offer for this from this guy up in Portland. He's a journalist and he wanted to, he wanted a van built out for himself. And we kind of took that opportunity too, because it just worked out with, he let us like stay at his, his little Airbnb, which was awesome. Yeah. And yeah, we don't really have any big plans. We don't, we're not trying to market ourselves as van builders so much. We're not trying to like get clients really, but we're just kind of going with the flow and seeing what happens. And yeah. so that's kind of where we are now. Yeah. Well, you've talked about a little bit of, which I know it's just a manifestation, but like the coordinate <laughs> retreat, which I think mm-hmm. it's be. So like, what is your, I mean, that is a goal of yours. You can tell like you're excited when you talk about it. So, I mean, what does that entail? Yeah, I'm super excited about it. And honestly, be, to be able to own a home, let alone do anything like that, build a retreat center or do anything like that. I was always so far out of the realm of possibilities that I thought for myself, at least, because we were very much in like, go to work, make enough money to pay our bills and have a little fun, but never enough to, to save for anything greater than that, really. And I mean, we saw van life as a way to potentially still enjoy our life and maybe save for the future. And we weren't sure that that was what was going to happen. But, you know, that's kind of the way things are heading now, which we're super grateful for. But yeah, we would love to build you know, buy a big piece of land and build little tiny homes on it, or just have a place for people to come and park their vans when they're traveling through. We'd we'd love to do it near the Northern California coast. I don't know if that's, you know, anything that's attainable, but that's kind of our goal and just be able to have a place for people to come and something that's accessible and affordable for people who want to, you know, experience some of the wellness things that I love you know, and talk about a lot. And yeah, it's definitely like a huge, huge goal. And I, yeah, but it's so exciting. It's exciting that the leap into van life, which obviously it takes every single person into wildly different directions. And uh, you know, your path just kind of happened to lead you there, but it is exciting that I think a lot of people think van life is like this crazy expensive thing that you can only do if you're filthy rich. And, um, they don't really see it as like a money saving opportunity where like, that's how I always saw it. Like, of course you are going to spend the initial money on the investment of a van and a build, obviously as you would any home as well. But it really is once you're on the road, you have such control over your expenses, regardless of what you're doing for an income that I think like people don't always view it as like, Oh, if you're doing it long-term, you can actually save a decent amount of money. And I saw you posted, I think yesterday that you guys paid off the van three years early, which is also very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I mean, yeah, our interest was super high. We didn't get a great deal on our loan at all. So our goal was always to kind of make big payments on it every month. And when COVID happened and we lost our jobs. It was kind of a little bit harder, but things have picked up. And now we were, we were like, okay, we have this money. Let's just pay it off so that we don't have to pay more in interest. But yeah, I think that a lot of people that don't know about van life, they see it and they think, oh, they just don't work. They quit their jobs and they're just out. And, you know, that's true for some people because they saved a lot of money beforehand. But for us, we never plan to be out, you know, not working we always plan to have some kind of job, whether it be stationary or remote, but yeah, it's definitely a huge opportunity to save money. And if you can, if you can swing it, like not everyone's going to like to live this way. And that's something that I'm very much like aware of, Right. but if, if you can, then it's a, it's a great option for sure. Yeah, for real. Okay. So rewinding a little bit, what made you want to move into the van initially other than, you know, money saving opportunity or whatever, like what was appealing to you about life in a van? Yeah, I think we were always, like I said, we were just working valet and on our days off, we'd always go on little trips, like two day trips and down to San Diego or kind of local, but we, we were always getting Airbnbs and basically just spending all of our money. So that goes back to the savings aspect. We, we wanted to be able to do those things, but we just weren't getting ahead at all. So we thought also, you were also in Southern California, which is like the pinnacle of take my money. Like exactly. Yeah. It was really hard. Yeah. I mean, you just want to buy everything there. Yeah. And we're not good. We're not good with our money anyways. We're not good savers. So Hmm. it was hard, but yeah, we saw the van as a way to still be able to do all those things, but just not have to 
pay for hotels or Airbnbs. That was a big part of it. And then we also wanted to get a dog. We, we've been obsessed with dogs. It's like we, all we would talk about, but our apartment didn't allow them. Our house before that didn't allow them. And we couldn't, it was really hard to find a place that allowed dogs. So that was another big thing. And I mean, as soon as we finished our build, we got our dog Tompkins. So yeah, yeah, that, those are like the three main reasons. Yeah. Did you always see it as a long-term lifestyle or did you think like, we're going to do this, travel a little bit, save a little bit of money, hopefully, and then like buy a house or do whatever we can? I don't think we had any idea. We were just curious about it and wanted to try it. We really had nothing to lose. You know, we, we were just paying our rent and it was super expensive every month and we didn't have anything to lose. So we just thought we might as well try it. But I I was a little worried in the beginning, especially when we got the loan. It's like, okay, this is like a five or six year loan. I'm going to have to live in this van for this whole time to be able to pay off this loan. What if I hate it after a year or whatever? So yeah, there was definitely a little bit of like, I was just afraid that maybe we wouldn't like it, but I kind of thought that it would all work itself out. Yeah. When did Tonkins come into the equation? Tonkins is there. How old is he now? He's a, a year and a few months. A year, okay. a year and a few months and a puppy. But it, he's so cute. He's also huge. Like yeah. he, huge for a person who has a chihuahua and like a very small golden retriever. Yeah. When did he come into in, into your lives? Let's see. So we we bought our van. We built it. It took eight months. And then we went on one little road trip. And then directly after that, we got him. So it's, yeah, he's, he's pretty much been with us the whole journey. And I think at the time I was like, I think we should enjoy this like for ourselves for a little bit. But now, I mean, I obviously wouldn't change a thing, but he's been, (laughs) you know, he's been a total handful. He's a, he's kind of a wild little guy, but he's come a long way and he's, he's a good He's a good boy now. Good boy now. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was the next thing I wanted to talk about. So I know you struggled with him for a little while, just like behavior wise, which I think is very important to talk about. So I just appreciate the fact that you do, because I was like pretty stressed out. I wasn't doing social media as much when I got Ella. And so during the stressful moments and like whatever it was, like raising a puppy, I mean, you're literally raising a puppy on the road. So there was obviously a ton of stress involved and they're not well behaved at such a young age. And so I know my experience with Ella was much different than yours because she never had like, she never had behavior issues. It was always just like this messy little floppy dog who was kind of chewing things. But what were some of the, because you have talked about this, what were some of the main like behavioral, I I mean, I hate saying the word issues because I know it was just things he had to work through, but like what were some of those and how did you manage to do that? Yeah. Well, at the time they definitely felt like issues and (laughs) they, they, it really like rocked my world. I was not, I we were so excited to get a dog, so excited. And I think like a couple days after we brought him home, we could just tell that this was going to be really hard. He was, yeah. he, he never slept. He, he was never tired. He would never sit still. He'd never really let you pet him. And as he started to get older and older, his excitement levels just really escalated quite quickly. And it, it turned into biting and snapping and growling. And when you see a little tiny puppy and you hear it growling and acting like, you know, a wild thing. It's, it's jarring. And I had dogs in the past and I never had a dog that acted like that as a puppy. So I just be researching all day. Like, is this normal? Why is he biting? Why is he growling? And he was impossible to walk on leash. He would bite at his leash and shake it around. And then he'd, he'd redirect onto us. So then he'd bite us. And Uh it was, yeah. And then we, as soon as he turned eight weeks, we signed him up for puppy preschool. We were like, we want to get this training going. And we thought we were ahead of the game and that was going to be fine and enough. And so we took him and he was just attacking the other dogs. And he was the, I'd have to pull him out every single time they'd play. And he was the only one that had to get time out. And basically it just didn't work out for us at all. The puppy preschool. So I think a couple weeks after I was like destroyed by this, I would cry and I'm not a crier, but like, I was so sad and just didn't understand why he was like that. And we looked into having him evaluated by like a professional behaviorist just to make sure, cause I was reading all these things online about dogs born with genetic mutations yeah. that cause them to be dominant aggressive. And just, you can't handle them. You can't, 
pet them. They, they're, they're just born genetically, you know, aggressive. And I was seeing videos saying like, Oh, this dog needs to be put down. And like, I thought that that was him and it was, it was horrible. So we took him to a behaviorist and he evaluated him and brought him around his dogs. And he was, he would just jump on them. These huge dogs jump on them, bite at them. But he said he's very dominant. He's very forward, but I don't see any big red flags. So yeah. we're like, okay, we're just going to keep working on this. And so we worked super hard with him and took him. We've worked with a, a couple different trainers and all of them have helped us so much just to learn about him. And, and every time we would see them, we'd take away really valuable things and we'd see progress every time. So it's just been like a constant progression of him getting better. And he's definitely still high energy and easily excitable, but he's not aggressive. He's not, you know, he, he's, he's just too happy almost. And like when he was a puppy, I could, it was hard to tell what it was, but now we kind of know that he was just just overly excited. No, I remember when we hung out and you were, I had like, you, you talked about it a little bit, but this was a long time ago. So he was like a lot younger. So I don't think you had kind of gone into as much detail. And so when we hung out, I was like, you know, I freshly just raised Ella. So I was like, no, no, no. I totally get crazy puppies. Like I'm always the one apologizing. I've been there. And then, and I've been around a ton of dogs. And so I've seen dogs like Tonkins, but Ella was not that way. And like, naturally, I was just kind of trying to like compare the situation. So because I could tell also that day you were stressed out because as soon as we got to the beach, I mean, that dog, I like he was a very wild dog, yeah. like I oh, mean, yeah. running rampant. Yeah. The beach. Yeah, he's, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I just, I don't he's know. He's still that way too, though. Like he's still just, he has like an intense drive. Like he, yeah. he wants to do something. I think that's why the tra- the training lends itself really well to him is that he wants to have something to focus on and, and do. And the training gives, gives him that outlet. So yeah. Were any of the train, like, do you remember any of the places or names? Like, would you recommend any of the places that you went to? Yeah. So when people ask, I usually say their, their handle is primal canine. I think they're here in California, but they train like protection dogs and it's really cool the stuff that they do, but their training methods are what have really stuck. So they, they're more like balanced. So we tried the positive only stuff with him and we've tried, we've tried everything with him and the really balanced training is what really helped for us. So yeah, primal canine, they have like a whole online Academy too. So if you got yeah. anyone wants to check them out, they're awesome. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I, okay. Yeah. So I, after we had very unique experiences, but I always say after raising Ella in the van that I don't recommend getting a puppy to in the van, like yeah. to get an older dog, would you say the same thing? Or would you, do you think it's just because of the type of dog that you ended up getting or no, I think either way, it's going to be hard because it's just, you have to watch over them so much. And I think in some ways it's, it's good because then they get to adapt to the van and they get really comfortable. But I mean, yeah, it becomes like a full-time thing. You're constantly thinking about him. I mean, the first few months that we had him, I, I mean, everything else just kind of went out the window and I was just focused on him all the time. So it's a huge undertaking. And especially if you have a more difficult dog, it's, it's a lot. So yeah, definitely something to consider if you want to yeah. get a puppy. It does actually, like if you have a job where you have to like log in to whatever, or even if it was like the valet where you're stationary and you have to actually go to work, but especially if you are a remote worker and you have to like log in at eight or nine, like I have friends that do that and they have to be working for a certain amount of time during the day. I just don't even know how that would have been possible. Even with yeah. a dog like Ella, who is a pretty standard puppy, like, like I said, floppy, had to take her out a lot, definitely needed a lot of exercise, but like it requires so much time that it is a full-time job. Like there's absolutely no way I would have been able, thankfully that was kind of still the time where I was like writing out my savings. So I could like afford to kind of give her um, an extra amount of time. But uh, yeah, I think that that's so true. Okay. Switching to kind of, I guess, social media and money. Did you ever, it seemed, I've followed you for a long time. So you've been doing Instagram for a while. You've always like posted frequently and like whatever you were doing, even when you first got into the van, it was like very food based, but now it seems like you have partnered with more brands as have I, I mean, the bigger social media gets, the more I think everyone is doing that. Did you ever see yourself doing Instagram and other social medias full time? Was that a goal? Yeah. Well, not really. I, I started my Instagram 
I don't, it's been like five or five years, probably four or five years. And I started it just while I was doing my yoga teacher training. I wanted to have a page where I could share my uh, teaching schedule and talk about yoga. And I was super into wellness. So I wanted to kind of sprinkle that in too. And it just started kind of kind of growing and I was posting recipes and mostly food, like you said, for a long time. And I worked with brands a little bit here and there throughout the whole, you know, my, the whole, the course of me having my Instagram, but I really liked having my valet job as well. I know it sounds kind of weird. It's like, Oh, you could just make all your money online instead of going to work valet. But it was a nice escape from having to think about things. I just kind of go and the opportunity to do Instagram or social media full-time was probably there, but I never pursued it. I wanted to keep my valet job and keep that as my primary source of income so that I could really just share genuinely on my Instagram and not have to put too much pressure. But obviously when COVID happened, we weren't working and I kind of had more time to focus on just creating more content, I suppose. And it wasn't until, so I had an agency approach me and I was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know about this. Like I was working with a little bit of brands, but it wasn't enough to pay my bills. Not at all. And so they approached me and they're like, Oh, you know, are you interested in the management? And I was like, I don't know, maybe. And they're like, yeah, we, we take care of all of the back end stuff, which sounded really good because I'm terrible at that. And so I was like, okay, sure, why not? And they have like brought me so many opportunities. I was not expecting that at all. And they're very, they're a smaller agency, but they're very focused on health and wellness. So they really understand the kind of brands that I want to work with. They know that I won't promote things that have certain ingredients or that are, you know, just toxic, or I'm trying to keep it in that little wellness realm of things that I would still use. And so they're, they're really awesome. And they understand kind of things that I would and would not promote on my page, but they've, yeah, they've helped me a ton and they have shown me my worth because before, before, like I was very much undercharging. And I feel like that's something that people should know if they're trying to get into social media, like your, your work is worth something. Even if you don't have a ton of followers, if you're creating content for brands and they're using it, if you're a photographer or whatever it is, like you should be paid for that to a certain extent. So yeah, that, that was kind of like pivotal for me. And it happened at the perfect time because I was out of work and it just kind of yeah, they're, they've changed the game for us for sure. Yeah, I didn't know that you'd worked with an agency before. The only, I love hearing that you've had a positive experience with yours because I have heard a couple other people just saying like, yeah, I signed this contract and now I work like a brand will contact me and I say yes, but I still have to give my agency like or their manager or whatever it is a percentage, even though they're like the, the, my point is the partner is not bringing in any deals, but they're getting those on their own. And then they're still having to give the percentage because of the contract and stuff. So I've just heard like more horror, horror stories than good ones, but I'm happy that you've had such a good experience with yours. Yeah, I think, well, there's a ton of agencies, but I could tell based off of the people that I already saw them representing that they were going to be a good fit for me, but yeah, they're, they're incredible. And like, they, they're the ones, they're the point of contact with anyone who reaches out, like on my Instagram, the email is goes to them. So they had to actually forward me your your email, but they're, yeah. so So I trust them completely to like, take care of everything and like sort through things that I wouldn't want to see. Yeah. Just streamlining the process. Yeah. My God. That's so smart. That's so nice. Okay. Do you ever feel like incredibly burnt out? Because I just did. I just went through Mm -hmm. like this couple, which I'd never experienced before because I love Instagram. I love TikTok. I love my podcast. I love all of the things that I do, but just a couple months ago, especially while I was home. And so I was in a house and like, which naturally I just don't feel creative at all. And it also is like the more hats that I've been wearing lately, like I'm doing more and I, you know, I still do the back end stuff for all of my stuff as well. And so it just got like really overwhelming to the point where I was like just paralyzed and like no longer cared 
at all if I did any of it. I was like, yeah, I don't feel like I don't want to set up my tripod again and take more photos again, make yeah. another TikTok and they're like then have to do a post for whatever and then do a podcast. Like it just do you ever feel that way? Because I do feel oh like you're gosh. pretty you're pretty consistent as far as like a, a follower sees it like you know as as somebody who just kind of consumes your content it does seem like you're at least pretty in flow with what you're doing and I don't feel that way always <laughs> no I definitely have those moments and I'm it's not very often that I don't post but there are times that it's harder and I don't have that creative energy especially like with TikTok it's it's this thing where it's such a production to put a video together and like yeah. I cannot force it because there is a lot that goes into it with stories, you know, on Instagram, it's easy. It's just like what I'm doing during the day right. and it's a little easier, but yeah, lately I've been feeling very much burnt out. <laughs> like I, I feel like I'm straying from my path a little bit and going in all these different directions where I kind of want to like bring it back in and get re-inspired and like find my purpose again, because yeah. it's easy to get pulled in all these different directions and also let the opinions of other people and, you know, DMs you get that aren't very nice, like get in your head and like make you second guess what you're doing. And I think taking a step back and just like remembering like who you are and like what you're doing and like connecting with yourself is important because it's like, it's really easy to let outside influences kind of mess with your head a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I, I've been I've been really lucky. I also do not check my DMs on TikTok. I've literally never read one. I think it was months into me making videos that I even knew that like they had DMs. And but on Instagram at least, I feel like I've been fairly fortunate in terms of like the negative messages that I'm getting. Like I don't know if my page is just not being pushed out to anyone, so then no one knows. Like no one like that doesn't follow me, just doesn't see my stuff, which I'm perfectly fine with. But I feel like I've been always knock on wood like lucky that I haven't gotten too many mean messages. But TikTok really is the place, I guess not even in the okay. DMs, but like on the comment section, because then it, it goes on the For You page. And then these random people, they just ask all the questions that you've already answered. Like, like you said, <laughs> it's a literal production. So I've spent an entire day's work, like putting together, like filming the video, getting dressed and getting the van ready. Yeah. then filming the whole thing, then editing the whole thing. And so then it's like, you know, a week later, somebody comes at you so hard and there it's all with the like intent of something that you've already talked about and answered and like, you know, already publicly stated the fact that it wasn't true and explained it in a video. So yeah, yeah it does get, it's just annoying. It's annoying. I think honestly, now that I'm talking about this out loud, I do feel like that might be where the burnt out thing comes from. It's like, how many times can I talk about how I make money on the road, how I shower, how I poop, how I do this? It's like, you, I, I answer these questions so often that it feels res- like overwhelmingly repetitive. So maybe that's where the feeling comes from. I didn't really ever put that together, but yeah. totally. Yeah. TikTok is, oh man, people on there are not very nice, but no. for some reason, those comments, like we've gotten some really mean comments on there and those don't bother me as much as the Instagram DMs from people that I know follow me and have been yeah. following me for a while. Every once in a while, it's just very easy to tell that someone's following me. I don't want to say hate following, but like, yeah, you they, know do that that. They, they don't really like you and they want to let you know it. And there's always mm-hmm. some kind of like underlying snark in their messages. And it's, it's like, just unfollow me. I'm trying right. my best. I, I am maybe it just seems that I get these, I get a lot of these messages because I'm so sensitive to it that anytime someone says something to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, does everyone think this? Like, I have to address this. Yeah. And really I I don't, I just need, cause there's so many more positive and like awesome, amazing people and supportive people. But those, that small handful really gets under my skin because I try to be, you know, non well, yeah I mean I think it's human nature to want to be liked you want to be liked yeah everyone wants to be liked so yeah especially when you're doing something or talking about something that you're passionate about or talking about like your dogs like somebody comes at your dog that you know oh. what I mean love dearly or even comes at Nate of your fiance who you love and it's like you you they 
it's this low blow out of nowhere. And I think that that's also part of it is like, you're just going about your Wednesday, right? Like I'm walking my dogs on the beach and then you check something and you're just like, okay, well now I'm like heartbroken and I want to go hide in my van. Like I just didn't need that in the middle of my day. It really does affect me when I read them. And there have been times where I open it in the morning, which I'm trying so hard to stay off my phone in the morning, but I'll open it and just feel like, oh, why did I have to read this? Like, this is ruining my day, but I'm trying not to let it get to me as much anymore, but it is hard. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, okay. So before now your Instagram is court and Nate, but it used to be wellness with Courtney. And like, I know you do, like you've talked about, you do value mental and physical health, health, I guess, in all ways. What are some of the ways that you stay mentally healthy specifically while you're on the road? Yeah. I think I could work on this lately for sure. But I mean, meditation and getting outside and being physically active are all things that are super important to me that I have not been prioritizing very much lately. But yeah, I think, I think before I was really super regimented about those things and maybe a little bit too much as of recently, I've kind of become a little bit more flexible and less rigid with my health and with, you know, trying to stay within this wellness bubble, I'm kind of trying to, I don't know, just find balance. And I think it's been really good for me. I definitely think that I could work out more and cause I've always been a super active person. And I think that I've been on my phone too much on my computer too much. And I think that just getting outside and prioritizing time away from outside influences and opinions and being able to connect with yourself is really, really important. But yeah, I mean, I've always been really into healthy eating and eating wholesome food. And yeah, it's something that I'm pretty passionate about. I'm a yoga teacher as well. And obviously haven't been able to teach, which is really sad. It's almost been a year now since I've been in my last class, but hopefully we'll be able to do more of that soon. Yeah, seriously. Fingers crossed. You also do this uh, gua sha. Is that my saying that right? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You do, because I've seen a few people doing it and it always looks so good. And it's been in my uh, Amazon cart for like probably a year. And every time I just like bypass it, but I want to get it so bad. I'm just, I don't know. Looks amazing. It's really nice. It's just a nice little treat. I'm trying to, you know, keep, keep my youth alive. So (laughs) it's supposed to help. It's supposed to be like a (laughs) Botox alternative. So we'll see. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Love that. Gonna try it. Maybe I should buy it finally. Yeah. While I'm in San Diego, especially. Okay. So just a couple more questions. What advice would you give a couple who wants to do van life, but they are nervous to take the leap? We're just going to get into like advice. Yeah. I think you just really have to go for it. But I think going back to what we talked about earlier, just assessing your reasoning for why you want to do it, make sure that you're in a good place. And it can be really, really mentally taxing, especially if you're doing a DIY van and you're doing everything yourself. Uh Like it's, it's a long pro or it's a big, big project and it can be a long process and it can be really mentally draining. So I think going into it with a good upbeat mindset is important. And yeah, I think just making it work for you and your unique situation, trying not to compare too much to what other people are doing, because that can, I feel like that can hinder, hinder you in, in getting started. You kind of just have to assess your own life and resources and kind of make it work for you. Yeah. Do you ever get messages from people? I, I'm, it might just be me because like I have been single for so long. And so I've kind of become this, like that's part of how people see me, but I never know what advice to give people who are like, I want to do van life so badly, but my partner does not. Should I end things with this person? But I love them. I'm in love with this person, but I really, I feel like a pull towards this lifestyle and they don't want to do it. Like, should I just call it so that I get to live my dream? Yeah. I know that this it's going to be different for each person. I get that. But like, I mean, what would you say to a DM like that? <laughs> I mean, I, it's hard for me to give like general advice to people because it's, there's so much context involved and I don't want to just yeah. say things, you know, but I think if you really want to try something new and you even have the thought in your head of potentially leaving your partner, I would say that you should probably leave your partner. <laughs> I think, right? Like, because... I mean, you guys can always come back together if it's meant to be, but I feel like you really have to live your dreams because you don't want to resent that person later down the road for not trying something. 
Yeah, no, that's so valid. I would not have expected you to go that way only because you've had such a positive experience in the van with Nate and all of that. So I'm, I like, cause that's, I always say the same exact thing about like, there's a lot of context. I don't know your relationship. I can't tell yeah. you to go walk in the other room right now and end things with your partner who you say yeah. you love. Um, like you don't want to be that person, but at the same time it is as someone who's like also driving my car, screaming like songs, the top of my lungs, like living her best life. I don't, I don't want to take that experience away from someone. And then you, Oh, you know, on the other hand to go into that room, lay down and just think about this life that you could be living. And like you said, resent your partner. So it's like, I guess same thing. I don't really know how to answer that either, but I'm actually happy that you went that way with it because I think it's true. Yeah. I get out there and, and just, Try, try new things. Yeah, so true. So true. Okay, so where can people find you? So we are coordinate now pretty much on all platforms, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Our website is coordinate. We have a lot of building resources on there, more yeah. coming soon, but just a lot of info on our van, on different things. So if anyone wants to check that out. Courtney. Yeah, for sure. You have like build guides, like specifically, like I have my van dimensions because people were asking for that, which it's like only the measurements of my van, but you have like pretty detailed guides of the various systems in your van. Yeah. So yeah. It's just, you know, if, if you're interested in getting started, it can be a good place to kind of gather information and kind of get a good idea on how different things work and just to get, get you started. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, thanks so much for sitting down with me and talking. Of course. I'm glad we finally made this happen. I know. Okay. I didn't say that already, but Courtney and I, I just have to tell them this part. Like Courtney and I <laughs> met in, which was, I'm, I'm taking all of the responsibility for this. I had only done, I don't know, a handful of podcasts. It was still pretty new. And I went to, it was Huntington beach, right? Was uh -huh. that it? Yeah. And we met at Huntington beach. That's where I met Tonkins for the first time, the whole beach thing. And then we sat down and like, I'd always had bullet points, which I had today, which is how I do every podcast episode. And I was like, you know what? I follow her so closely, like maybe like, I'm sure I'll just have questions. I'm just going to have questions to ask because I want to know these things. But then like you get into it and there is like a level of nerves involved. Like I wasn't particularly nervous, but th those like things at the top of my head were not just coming to me. And so then as soon as we walked away, I was like, damn, like, I feel like I was so awkward, which probably made her feel awkward. And so then I like, I messaged you and I was like, that was great. You are great. But I don't think I <laughs> I I honestly didn't feel awkward at all. I don't know. But I did feel like I was rambling a lot, which I probably was today too, because I just tend to do that. But no, I yeah. Yeah, prefer that. But but you messaged me back and you were like, I remember you were like, Oh, thank God you said that because I like something like that. And I was there just there were like, a couple oh. things that I rambled on about that I wish that I had just like cut it and not, you know, yeah. but so this well, is anyway, the mechanical failure thing we talked about. I literally, I think at the very end, you'd already like plugged social media. And at the very end, I was like, anything else you want to talk about? And you were like, well, our, our whole engine blew at the beginning. <laughs> like I was by myself with Tonkins and it was really stressful. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like, should we Oops. go to that or not? <laughs> yeah, it was just, I, cause I didn't know that. Anyways, I'm very happy that we finally got to sit down and redo. We got a second try and I came prepared this time, but yeah. So thank you for coming on here and yeah, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. Bye. Bye.